Yeah, what's going on, all my football heads? It's your boy, the mayor, and I'm back flying solo tonight on the newest episode of The Fourth Quarter, the first and last football show you need to start off your football weekend or any football weekend, whether it's college, arena, NFL, whatever it is. If it's football-related, you need to hear us. This episode, I'm going to go through about three or four different topics tonight in three different segments. First off, with no long talking, I got to get back into something last week we said we wasn't going to get back into, but because they broke something in the news, it's newsworthy, it's worthy for the show. Unfortunately, I got to talk New England Patriots again, and they cheating asses. But this time, in good in a good way. Mr. Kraft, I salute you for at least waking up and understanding, you know what, Better for business, better for the game. Let me just take this punishment and just keep it moving. Because, to be honest with you, in my opinion, it was a losing battle regardless. Because the balls were deflated. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The only proof that needs to be proven is pretty much who did it. And we already know. If you if you know anything about football, if you know anything about the need for an equipment manager, that equipment manager doesn't do anything on their own. I mean, maybe at most they might take it upon themselves to change like detergents or something and washing the uniforms because they might find something that can get blood out of a, out of a jersey better than, you know, something else. But when it comes to them balls... It's definitely the QB's uh, doing, and it's the QB's responsibility. Because as stated before in the past, the QB has the right to pick what balls they're going to play with in a game and what balls they're going to throw and how they like their balls. Pause or no pause. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we already know, man. I mean, I'm forever in – I'm calling Tom Brady a cheater. I'm calling the Patriots organization cheaters, whatever. But this was moving on. Robert Kraft, you made a smart business decision in just saying, you know what, we're not going to contest this. Let's just eat this fine and just move on. Because you guys are going to be all right. We already know you guys are going to be okay. As long as Tom Brady's still going to be there, and as he says, he wants to play to at least 40 years old, then, you know, you aren't even going to need those draft picks later on, later on down the road because as long as Belichick's there, he seems to make the right decisions and pulling the right strings to get the right players to do as he pleases. Okay, but now, we I thought, at first I thought, you know what, this might uh, hinder Tom Brady's plans of appeal, but it's actually not going to affect his plans of appeal at all. He's still going to continue to go through with it because more likely than not, I think it's just a reputation thing for him, which in the league so far, he's pretty much been seen to have somewhat of a spotless reputation. You know, his report card is pretty clean, as you could say, amongst, you know, most quote unquote superstar athletes. You know, he's pretty much had, uh, you know, almost you could say almost a Jeter like scorecard when it comes to you know, how he's seen in his respective sport. But unfortunately, for now on, and especially for me, he's always going to be viewed as a cheater. 
And that whole organization and team as a whole is going to be viewed as te- cheaters because we don't know how long this has been going on. Plain and simple. We already had the quote-unquote Spygate. We had the incident in, I believe it was the playoff game this year or in a regular season game earlier this year, this last season, where Belichick um, pulled a nice little switcheroo where he had Shane Vereen come in and pretty much not declare himself as an ineligible receiver and line him up outside in the slot and have one of their linemen that was down pretty much go out for a pass, and I think he scored that touchdown that threw the team that they were playing against completely off guard, which in some ways the officials kind of slipped on that one, and you could say they let that slide, which it shouldn't have. Because when you check in in the game, you're supposed to declare who is ineligible and who is eligible. So that was a little slap on the wrist thing that just kind of got blown over. But nonetheless, you guys cheat. And it's in your history. It's in your DNA. We already know. So again, Mr. Kraft, for you to just take the, take the, take the high road. And just eat the million dollar fine because you are a billion dollar company. That's like uh, me like throwing away a penny. You know, I shouldn't do it. People shouldn't do it. It's still currency. But, you know, that's it's nothing. It's nothing to a, a person like you and a team that is worth over a billion plus, you know, financially. But again, smart move for just taking the high road and moving on and just accepting it. Now, for Tom Brady's sake, you know, looking at it from the other side of the fence, let's maybe he he maybe needs to hope that that doesn't hinder his appeal in any way. I doubt it will, because it is it's it can be it's going to be tried as a different matter altogether. It's not going to be tried the same as if the uh, as if the uh, you know is the Patriots organization was along with the ride with him. I think they didn't want to take that ride with him because the media scrutiny has hasn't let go of this story at all because somebody keeps bringing this annoying story back. I mean, every single day when I'm watching TV, this show just seems to not be able to let it go. Every single episode. I mean, we're not going to get into it because they keep talking about the same five things anyway. It's Deflategate, Floyd Mayweather, um, Tony Romo. And Aaron Rodgers, and that's the whole show. Maybe a little basketball sprinkled in, but anyway, I'm not I'm not hating on that show because I actually love the show. But y'all know what I'm talking about without even saying it, you know. And their love for Robert Kraft is is freaking ridiculous. Their love for that organization is ridiculous. But like I said, that's their own. They can do what they want to do. Is their show? They actually get paid to do their show. We we don't get paid for it. This is all for fun. You know, but we never know one day we could be in their shoes, too. But, um, again, Robert Kraft, good move. Just let that just let that shit slide. Let it slide. Let it move on. And just let's see what happens to Tom Brady. Because, uh, again, me personally, if you mount up everything else that happened with you guys, plus with the fact that we don't know how long this has been going down, plus with the fact that how uncooperative that he's been, technically or allegedly within this investigation you know Roger Goodell has has that power within him 
to levy this fine and this uh, suspension of four games to either stick, extend it, which I would like, fuck it, you know, make him serve more for punishment. You know, like Jay-Z said, pay for what y'all did to the cold crush. <laughs> you know, you're going to pay what you owe, Tom Brady. Just get that in there. And just, you know what, I, I think personally, I think you should just eat it too. But I understand when you have a clean reputation, you know, you're going to you're gonna fight it. And you're, well, actually, that's the tricky thing. Because, you know what, you chose to take it to court and to arbitration, yet... When everybody is scrutinizing you in the media and everywhere else, you just sat back and chilled like ain't shit going on. Like most normal people that I know of, they're definitely going to be like, hold up. You said my name, like, hold the fuck up. And yo, we're going to check that shit and we're going to make sure you check it like ASAP. Like if you're not telling the truth 100 percent, we're going to be right in your face from jump. And telling you to prove it. But you instead, you took the real funny tactic of just saying, nah, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to just save it till we get in court. That kind of makes you look real silly. Like, nah, I'm not going to cooperate with your investigation because, you know, that, that can make me look bad. But if you're willing to take it to arbitration, why didn't you want to stand up and defend yourself from right out the gate I mean if there is something legally that that uh that that would cause you to do this I would like to know any of my lawyer friends or anybody who's a lawyer or whatever listening to this please don't hesitate to hit us up at talkingmyteam.com or talkingmyteam at gmail.com hit us up and let me know let us understand what the ramifications are behind him talking if he if he did talk at that time what were what would that have been would that have harmed him or would that or what he's do is what he's doing now in his favor like because i'm real confused to why you know because i know if some shit's being said about me that i'm claiming not to be true i'm gonna be right up in your fucking face asking you yo prove that shit and then if you don't prove it you know, like, I'm not in his position, but I might slap you. That's just how I feel about it. That's just how it is. And that's the one thing that everybody's questioning. If you are so innocent as you claim, then why are you not talking about this at all with nobody? This isn't one of those situations where it's just like, nah, you got to mind your business. No, they are taking money from you. That's millions of dollars in four games you're going to lose out on. That might be a drop in the bucket for you, but for an average person, e- even the average person who makes $10 an hour, you know, that needs that job, that needs their little job at, like, McDonald's or something or Burger King or something, making a little minimum wage, but they got a child to feed, and you're spreading lies that can cost me my job, yeah, I'm fighting for whatever I got because that's my livelihood. And Tom Brady, same thing, man. I mean, people are trying to affect affect your livelihood. They're affecting your income by suspending you. If you say you are innocent, your ass should have been out front saying you are innocent 
from day one, not just letting it fall back and letting the courts handle this. That's some nonsense. And to be honest with you, from my point of view, it makes you look unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe you if you were, if you tried. I couldn't believe you. I couldn't believe you if you're trying to say it now. Because it's too little too late, in my opinion. And now that it's going to Roger Goodell, let's see what he says. Let's see if he reduces it, which I have a feeling he's probably going to play the thing sucker and reduce it, which would be a sucker move, in my opinion. But it is what it is. I'm not in his shoes, man. So, uh, Tom Brady, that's the way you fucked up at, man. You should have been speaking up from jump from day one and then letting this shit either blow by you or... You know, let it let it uh let let it go where you're going, but at least you have made your point and said your piece. You gotta you you had to do that. You had to do it. You should have done it. And uh yeah, man, that I mean you 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 fucking up with that one. That's just that I mean most average people would think you fucking up by not speaking up when people are, are speaking bad about you, man. That's crazy. That's a real crazy look. So I you know what, I don't know. I don't know if I would say best of luck to you because I'd rather see the Jets win that division this year. So, uh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, this is the last thing we are going to talk about, about that damn deflate gate. Well, actually, I can't. That's not going to be the last because we're going to end up seeing what the resolution is after after uh, Goodell's hearing. So... Let's see what the fuck happens. But that's it for this show. And talking about you stinking ass, cheating ass patriots, I have to move on before I start throwing up. Because it's starting to feel like anytime I mention y'all, I'm talking about the cowgirls too. And that just makes me want to vomit at any time talking about the cowgirls, man. That's sickening. But uh, moving on, I got to go into the world of college football now. Because... There's been a major change that has happened. And Everett Goldston, uh, that was a quarterback for Notre Dame, has transferred to Florida State University. That's that's kind of big. I mean, personally, I'm now talking about a second team that I hate, which is puzzling me right now, but it's news. I hate Notre Dame football. I, I just, I mean, I had my players historically that I've liked from there. You know, like, I like the Rocket Brothers, you know, uh, Raheem and Ishmael. I, I liked them when they were there. You know, uh, Tim Brown, he, he became a great NFL player that I liked. Uh, not too much in college. I never really was old enough to follow him in college. But um, in the NFL, he was, you know, he was definitely a player I liked there. But from out of there. But, um... Yeah, I mean, that's a great – this is going to be a great look for Florida State, which is another team I didn't like. I never really liked growing growing up. I was a fan – I'm a fan of the U, and I became a fan of LSU, and it's always been fluck Florida State. But I got to support Jameis Winston because that boy is something special. But uh, moving back on to Goldston, moving to, uh, to Florida State, I mean, I guess maybe he just seen a wide-open opportunity – for good exposure, good competition, and you know, good competition down there, playing against playing for Florida State, um, decent coaching. They had, you know, they had their chance. They made it to the new college uh, playoffs, 
They won a national championship the year before. They still have a pretty much a great nucleus on offense. And he pretty much just came in. He's going to pretty much walk into the starting job, in my opinion, and fill right in for Jameis. Now, will he do the same as Jameis? I doubt it because he's a little faster. I don't think his arm is as big or as strong as Jameis's is, but he's definitely a lot faster. So he's going to give that offense a lot more versatility when it comes to run plays and option plays and things like that. So that's going to be a good look for Florida State. But I guess Notre Dame has some prospects coming out that I'm not too sure of right now that makes them, you know, be like, so what? Eh, see you later, kid. You know, have a nice life. You know, who knows? But uh, I, I really wonder to what was the reasoning for him wanting to transfer because he was starting to know the name unless he had a real feeling that uh, whoever coming in is going to take his spot, which I strongly doubt. But, you know, you never know. You never know what college sports, you know, at any day. That's definitely at any given Saturday. You could either be starting or not be starting just off the just just, you know, with the whim or, or for anything. You know, you could just lose your spot at any time. But um, I guess good thing for him, moving on to Florida State, solid program, solid history. You know, why not? Jumping right into the national spotlight, a little brighter than Notre Dame, regardless of Notre Dame's history and their TV contracts and all that. Uh, current state of football, though, Notre Dame ain't the place. I would I would rather be at Florida State also. So, I uh, Eric Goldston, Eric Goldston, good luck to you and your transition to a new school. We're probably going to see you in the league someday soon. Doubt it'll be at quarterback though, because you know how they like to uh, they like to switch you guys around. You athletic types, code word for black quarterback who's fast. <laughs> we like you know they like to switch your position around, but um, you never know, kid. You never know. Good luck to you, and uh, that's it. I can't believe for this first segment of the show, I talked about three teams that I would rather chew on my own throw up than like ever. But I had to do it because that's just what we do. And what we're doing right now is moving on. And in the next segment, after this short commercial break, we are going to get into the newest rule change that's going down in the NFL currently. I'm sure you've heard about it. Stick around and you're going to hear about it next. What up, y'all? It's your boy, the mayor from the fourth quarter. And I'm just here with a little question. Don't you hate it when you're chilling with your peoples and you're trying to get in a little basketball game and then your man just starts blurting out lie after lie after lie about players on the court or even stats that certain players may have? Well, my man, Coach Casey's got a little solution for that. And you can find it within his show, Just The Facts. Just the Facts is a show about basketball of all kinds, NBA, college, AAU, high school, even his son's basketball. You never know what kind of basketball the man could talk, but when he does talk basketball, he only delivers you the facts. Just the Facts, basketball podcast that can only be found on TalkingMyTeam.com and the Talking My Team Sports Network. This is your boy, the mayor. Peace. All right, and I'm back. Thanks for sticking it out with us on the fourth quarter. That first and last show you need to hear for your football weekend to get started. 
this part of the show now, we're going to get into the newest rule change in the NFL, which is a big one because it's something that they've been trying to change for the past at least four or five years now, maybe longer. Uh, I don't know why they felt that this was a big competition uh, problem. Like, why would this really affect competition? But if you haven't heard by now, they are moving the extra point kick back to the 15-yard line. So for now on, to try to, uh, I, I guess it is an attempt to try to make it a little more difficult for the kicker and not for it to not so be so much of a automatic uh, point opportunity. They moved it back to the 15-yard line. Um, silly, I can't really call it silly because, to be honest with you, with most kickers, a 15-yard kick is still somewhat of a chip shot. And it's a, it's, it's a little change. I mean, it's a little change. I, a little extreme for just one point. I mean, I I don't understand why would why they needed to like why did they feel they had to like did, is there games that like were you know there there isn't too many games where it's been on the line that like you gotta you have to make an extra point of a really high pressure kick you know to de- to decide you know like a team's fate or something I mean it's it happens but it's not that really a big deal I mean. An extra point is is a real short kick. It's only extra. Like, what's the big deal about it being where it was? I don't know. Why do we need to make the chances that much difficult in in completing the kick and making this kick? I don't know. I I'm still confused to why they needed to do this. Um, they didn't touch the two point conversion. The two point conversion still gonna go off from the two yard line, as always. That's not changing, but the one, all the other thing that changes within the uh, the extra point move back is that it is returnable. So if they do miss for some strange reason, that it becomes a two point, you know, two points if the other team can run it back. So that I guess that there kind of does make this a little more interesting because it's going to call for the kicker to be that much more accurate now to uh to to hit these extra points because at any time you know defenses now are going to start keeping you know like their speedster wide receiver in the back not just their like quickest defensive guy to try to jump the pile or whatever they're going to keep now you know like like say this was the bears of back in the day like Devin Hester's always going to be on the field goal team now like that's what's going to happen now they're going to have those type of players now in the backfield waiting for a field goal to be missed at all times and ready for a return because you know what? You never know. I mean, football as a whole is still a game where anything can happen anyway. So to make the extra points a big deal, eh, it's not that big a deal, but it is what it is. I guess they felt that there was some kind of reason they needed to uh, to do it. But uh, so what? You know what? I'm still going to expect most of these kickers to be at least 95 to 100% anyway with extra points. So, you know what? It is what it is. We can't call it until we see it happen, Act- you know, in, in real live action. You know, and this is going to be the first year that it's going to be 
throughout the entire year because I know last season, I believe, just during the preseason only, they attempted to uh, they attempted this to see whether it would be successful or not. And now they're just pretty much going to make it go through. And they I guess they view it as successful. So to all you kickers out there, you know what? <laughs> you, they just made your job, what, a few yards harder. Whoop-de-doo. You guys, some most of you, a lot of you guys hit dead center down the middle from 50. So I don't think you should have much a problem from 15. And uh, that's that. Once we hear more new rule changes, we're definitely going to have to discuss them on this show. And um, I got to move on from this topic. So next up, after this next break from one of our shows that you can only find on TalkingMyTeam.com, we're going to hit you with something about the San Francisco 49ers and what could possibly be going on over there. So I'll check you on the other side. Peace. Curious to know where your teams currently stand in the league? Want to know all about your upcoming prospects out of AAA? Well, my man Eric Bascom will give you the rundown. The Rundown baseball podcast that can only be found on the Talking My Team Sports Network at TalkingMyTeam.com. All right, football heads, this is the last part of the show. I thank y'all for tuning in and riding out with your boy, flying solo tonight on this episode of the fourth quarter. It's been a good one so far. We had to talk about, you know, that's something that's been at nauseum with the stupid New England Patriots. We're gonna we talked about the field goals and extra points being moved back a little bit. But now I have to get into another team that historically, once again, I've never been the biggest fan of, especially in the eighties, winning all them damn Super Bowls. I'm about to get into the 49ers. What the fuck is going on over there? Is there something like is there something in their water or something? Or I know California is having a drought right now, which is nothing to play with. It's really nothing to joke about. But I'm finding this pretty weird where Patrick Willis was the first one retired after, I believe, only 10 seasons. Very young. The man could have kept going, I think, for another five, six, maybe more. Guaranteed Hall of Famer, I I believe he would have been. You know, now it could be pretty debatable whether he'll get into the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, leaving at the time that he did, at the age that he did, you never know. Then we got the kid Chris Ballin, who was supposed to step up and fill his shoes in. But he took what I know we previously previously called the bitch route. And then he retired only in the beginning of his second season. And so technically, he's not even vested in NFL time to quote-unquote retire. He pretty much just gave up the game. Now, he claimed out of fear of head injuries and bodily injuries, I just think that, yeah, you got scared because you you realized, holy shit, I'm about to become the starter of the San Francisco 49ers defense. I'm about to become the starting middle linebacker. Holy shit, can I really live up to any expectations in this position? Wow, I don't, yo, I, man, I, 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 that's, uh, I think that's how your brain just worked. 
the way I was talking. I I think you were confused. I don't think you was able. You was really built for it. You know. I mean, you you did decent as a fill in as a backup, but I don't think I, I. It just was a sign to me that you weren't ready. Maybe you were never ready, really, for the NFL. I really can't call that because you know you barely spend any time in the league. I and I think you know what. In the climate in that we are in as a people, especially when it comes to the sport, you know, head injuries is a no joke thing. It's not really something to play with. So I can kind of res- I can respect that that you chose to go that route. But I also like it's like it's like sixty forty. I respect it forty percent. I don't sixty percent because I also view that as that was an excuse. A built-in excuse to just walk away and leave the game. A built-in excuse that, you know, pretty much to the media, you know the media would be hounding over a story like that, allegedly. Because they really ended up not really being all over it like that. They were on him for the first week. Then he became regular Joe Blow, just like the rest of us. After that first week, nobody started to care again. Because why? I mean, you just chose to walk away from the game. So what? You know, but it to me, it speaks to something that's going that, you know, has been going on. Because then now, I believe it was last week, Justin Smith, defensive end, decides to retire. After I forgot how many seasons he played, but I think he, he did it walking and playing the game hard. It was a, a guy who was a pro bowler, and he was one of the better defensive linemen in the league overall. I mean, he he was he he was great at what he did, and so he just knew it was his time to go. So he respectfully walked from the game when he felt it was time to go. He put in all the work the, all these years. So what? You know what? I salute him because he was definitely. A hard hitter. But really, like, where, what, why in this San Francisco organization is all of these people choosing to retire all of a sudden? I mean, is there something going on in the back offices that, like, we the public just don't know yet? Is this something that somebody from, you know, any other news source, their sources don't have no real answers to for once? I mean, it's confusing. Like it's it's to me, it's pretty odd to see three football players on, from one team retire all within the same year. You know, all for multiple different reasons. But that was all from one side of the ball, and you lost two key players to that defense. You lost a pretty much a, the captain of the whole team. In Willis, because he just felt it was time to go. And then, same thing, you lost probably the second best player on their defense in Justin Smith, because he felt it was time to go. I mean, the way this Harbaugh situation went down, maybe that has something to do with it also. I don't know. I can't call it. It's just real weird what's going on over there. I mean, most of the San Francisco 49ers fans I know. I know they're sitting there puzzled, like, yo, like, 
what's really good with this team right now? You know, I know they let Crabtree pretty much walk. You know, he left. You know, the hardball situation just got real sloppy and messy. And as we know, that was more due to what was going down in the front offices than Harbaugh. I don't think he really – I mean, I, I, I know he wanted Michigan as his dream job, but I don't think he was really ready to leave the NFL the way he did. They, there's something going on in that organization that I really wish I had some real true sources to give me what's going down. But it's weird, man. It's weird. And to me, to be honest with you, you lost two key pieces to that defense, and then who knows what's going down with Alden Smith. Man, who knows what's going to go down with this team next year. And you got a team that has to face off against the Seattle Seahawks twice a year who just bolstered their offense with the addition of Jimmy Graham and another offensive lineman. I mean, really, like, what are you going to do when this team comes in to your stadium when you got to go up to freaking where the Seahawks play and your defense is going to be like a a B or C-level defense this season, in my opinion, all because of the loss of two people. It's, man, listen, I mean, not that I care if the 49ers place last, you know, that might make my heart smile a little bit, even though I really don't have no real ill will towards them anymore. <laughs> you know, that was towards the 80s. You know, but it's all fan shit. It's not no real, real hate. It's fan hate. It's just I never liked the 49ers. You know, so part of me is just like, cool, cool. Let's, uh, you know, this defense can be miserable for a little while. They can be uh, basement dwellers in the NFC West for a little while. Because there's a couple teams over there that I would like to actually see surpass them in the Arizona Cardinals and the St. Louis Rams. Because, uh, you know, the Rams, I mean, the Rams are starting to look more and more stacked every day. That team is going to be something else. And they got my guy Nick Foles recently with that weird-ass trade, <laughs> you know. But um, maybe he's better off over there. You know, only time can tell. Arizona is another one of those teams that is just like borderline. It's either borderline just making the playoffs or borderline contenders. Because that team has been, they, they, they've they been a serious contender for the past at least five or six plus years or so. That they on, but it's been an on and off kind of love-hate relationship between themselves. It's like, do they want to really take over this division? Or do they just want to kind of cruise control it and then fight when they're, you know, they're fighting for an 8-8 eight and eight year trying to get in or a 9-7 and seven year just trying to get into the playoffs? You know, it's like, what does Arizona really want to do? But it's the only time can tell. But the one thing that I can tell now is I think the 49ers might be coasting in last place this season. Yeah, even with Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback. I So many people hate on him. My co-host hates on him often. You know, he felt that he wasn't worth the dollars and cents that he got. I know I thought he was. But, you know, style of play, 
And the way that team is now constructed around him, I now don't think he's worth the money that he's gotten. He's a good, good guy. I wish he read defenses better and wasn't too scared to let go of the ball a little quicker. But uh, Colin Kaepernick is in for a rough one, man. He's he's going to get beat up something bad this year. That defense is going to get, you know, they, they're going to look like a JV defense, you know, a JV high school defense. Uh, they, they're going to get touched up something bad this season. And uh, these 49ers, man, I, I, I really want to understand what could possibly be going on in that front office to cause this team to be where they're at now. Because I, for some strange reason, I don't think this is really a coincidence that all these people are walking away from this team and from, you know, from like, you know, between Willis and between Willis and Smith, they were just walking away from the game, period. There's got to be something going down over there. You know, I, I wish I had like a private investigator or, you know, even like Miss Cleo or somebody that's helped me the future, you know, whatever. I would really like to know what's going on behind the scenes over there to find out why are all these people leaving and why are all these people retiring. And with that note, it's time for me to leave. So I thank you for checking us out. The fourth quarter, the first and last show you need to start your football weekend off. Um, if you ever want to get at us about anything, anything I said in the show, anything I said in past shows, uh, if you want to come on our show at any time, we tell y'all every week, you know, we are for you, the fans, and you guys are the ones that we need listening to our podcast and even being a part of our podcast. We look for view, you know, for listeners who want to be a part of the podcast every single week. We always say, if you ever want to be on the, on the, um, on the show, just check out talkingmyteam.com, get the hotline number from there, and just call up and leave us a message. You could also leave us a message at talkingmyteam.com in the, in the comments section, talkingmyteam at gmail.com, that's our email, talkingmyteam on Twitter, facebook.com backslash talkingmyteam. You can reach us on anywhere. You can reach me at my social media, Facebook backslash SFAce5, that's all together, or on my Instagram, at HHKSI. I don't fuck with the Twitter no more, even though I got a Twitter. I'm not even worried about that because I think Twitter sucks, personally. It's just a, a, a tinier version of what you could do on Facebook, which you could do more on Facebook. But it is what it is. I like my shit, you like your shit, whether it's real shit or not. You know, <laughs> that's what makes us all different. With, with that being said, for my boy who couldn't be on this episode tonight, LG, it's your boy the mayor, and I gotta say peace. And thank you for tuning in to the fourth quarter. I tried to outwit them, but my mother said if they want to try you, clench your boots and then somehow get them. Bet I can outspit them. Mic grip, tight fit, walk with people. My grind, I outgrid them. Joust hit them, draw them first, and now you bleeding. Yellow tape when I expect the rate, it's time for grieving. 
best believe in this anointed heathen The sound of drums, crush your lungs, now you ain't breathing I'm back at it with bad habits like crack addicts This asthmatic, small with death and beat the casket This my benediction with the sickest diction Get the gist when I spit causing a lot of friction A rough life with rough sex and rug burns It's rough when it's your turn to put your moms in the urn As my stomach churns, it's hard to discern The blessings from lessons I'm not ready to learn When you see me, it's real Causing a lot of problems He said he had a mob Walking the block with guards But now it's hard Cause he's all alone Trolling the yard I knew pretty chicks With guns to their heads Now they visiting their sons Every month in the fed Pay my respects to the dead No disrespecting my bread Staying away from sharks So this water I tread Lightly fight me No I never Knuckle down with fucking clowns Nigga I know better Nah I mean see I lean clean On 16s Pristine Keep it mean No philistine It's like I walked on water Butcher I have to slaughter This youngest daughter On the line I tend to border On some smarter shit See I'm all woman But on this beat right here I spit androgynous When you see me it's real Pretty chicks put a gun to your head Put put in the sleep like night grill I draw first blood, it's over with in that When you see me, it's real Pretty chicks will put a gun to your head Put put in the sleep like night grill I draw first blood, it's over